Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Let's go. Let's go. I did some math. This uh, math. This I did some math today. I did some math this week. Uh, I know it's scary to think of me putting numbers together because I'm not very good at it. But do you realize that we have eight shows, including tonight, until we have a Sunday's full of football to recap? Only eight shows to go. Before the NFL returns. Now, if you're a college fan like I tend to be, there's only six shows oh. before we have some college football. Now, granted, I know everyone's on pins and needles about that big Rice Owl opener and Prairie View A&M, I think, is playing that weekend as well, too. But, Arnie, I, I think we're starting to inch into that period where it's not too early. To start speculating and talking about Of course I knew, but you, you sent me a text at, I think, at 6 o'clock in the morning going, only eight more shows and, until we get to the NFL. I'm like, and then you sent me your NFC East notes, which, is that English? Is that is that possibly, what is that that you wrote there? I don't even know I, what that is. Well, I came up with a plan as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. All you have to do is visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So I came up with an idea. 
You know, I mean, I could talk football every single minute of every show on. We Fox know Sports that. Radio. Yes, I, I I have issues. I have problems. My goodness, I was watching Week 17 of the NFL Red Zone Channel today instead of the World Cup. Finals. Any surprises? Well, I will, I will say this much. I will say this much. A little bit shocked with the way things went for the Buffalo Bills and how they slid into the playoffs. Don't know if the Ravens will be able to bounce back from Andy Dalton and the Bengals beating them. But with that said, Arnie, yeah. uh, I thought we could take each show from now until the start of the football season. Now, I, listen, I get it. The exhibition season is sprinkled in. The Thursday night games, I, I, I get it. We, we've, we're not – there will be a literal fan at some point that's like, wait. There's less than eight shows. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We only have two more shows before we have exhibition football takeover. But, Arnie, I think think it might be cool to take a division each show from now until football season kicks off and go in-depth and preview it. So I got out my good old-fashioned yellow notepad, and I just started writing note upon note upon note. And as you would notice, Arnie, uh, I, I don't either, A, have the best handwriting, or B, I don't care too much for punctuation or spaces. I basically write about exactly like I talk. It's just one nonstop thought with run-on sentences and a few little asterisks in there to help you out, right? You right? see, that, the, the only reason I agreed to it, I was I was going to shoot you down on going, oh, come on, man, we don't need this. But when you said, let's start with the NFC East, I go, okay, well, my Giants are, are going to go from worst to first. So I figure, I'll go, all right, let's, let's go ahead and do that, then that's fine. Well, we'll do that coming up in the hour that is known as the second hour of this show here on Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Because you're right, it's ve- probably from top to bottom, the most intriguing storylines. And Arnie, over the last couple of years, the division, everyone gets caught up with what had happened What in the NFC South, where they had a pretty good run of teams going from worst to first. But look at what's happened in the NFC East over the last four or five seasons. In 2013, Philadelphia went from worst to first. In 2015, the Redskins went from first uh, worst to first. Same with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. And then same with the Philadelphia the Cowboys in 16. And same with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. Oh, by the way, I can rewind a little bit. And in 2012, the Washington Redskins went from worst to first in the NFC East. So in 12, 13, 15, 16, and 17, wow. the team that finished dead last finished first in the division the following year. So, I don't know. That's not a bad little indicator for your boys in blue, is it? Oh, I love it. And you told me, what, since 2001, what was the stat? Since 2001, 25 teams have gone from worst to first in, in the following year, from last to first in their division. That That's incredible. 26? 26. Wow. Now, I, there's a few teams in there that had tied for last place. Right. So I, I I think some people like to just have one team in last place. But it's a pretty incredible trend in the East, and we'll get into some teams that we think have that capability. There's a lot this year, too. You know what? And I, I don't know how to feel about this 49ers train. I'm not trying to get off topic. But when everyone points to a team they think already can jump from the basement to a championship, it seems as if we've already crowned what Shanahan is doing and what Garoppolo is doing in San Francisco. So, well, what, what, what about Houston? That would be the sexy pick also. Well, yeah, you get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, back exactly. You have, you have maybe one of the most dangerous defenses from a personnel perspective in the NFL. Well, so what, what we'll about get... Denver? You know, Kansas City with a new quarterback. Uh, uh, Raiders have stunk up the joint last year. I know everybody's on the Charger bandwagon. Why can't it be the Raiders? 
Like, did we finish last? Look at or you're did stumbling. The Look at you stumbling last? like that. No, no. I think the Broncos actually finished in last. last yes, they year. did. So, they did. Yeah. So, so you're you're ruining the narrative already. It took I know, six okay. minutes into the show for Arnie <laughs> to find a way to take a shot at Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders. But with that said, we'll get to the NFL. We have college football uh, talk to get to. But Arnie, today was a day, I guess, in which we celebrate the end of one of the greatest tournaments in the world. The World Cup came to an end, and I don't know, do we retire the soccer expert moniker? Because if I remember correctly, you pretty much called France from day one on this one, right? I've been, you know, I've been the soccer expert for a good three and a half weeks now. It's, it's been a tremendous run. I, I can't believe I've got to wait four more years for this. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's absolutely crushing me. By the way, why does it have to be once every four years? I mean, it was such a great tournament, and you want to build the sport. You want right. people like me to get into it, <laughs> and you're going to make me wait four years. Gosh, well, I don't even know what I'm going to be like in four years. I, well, why can't it be maybe once every two years or something like that? I think my favorite take after the World Cup, Arnie, is when people get mad and they say, well, now you can go back to not caring about soccer for four more years. Yeah. Which is fine because that's everyone's little joke after the World Cup. But I'm with you. And I know the, the natural reaction from soccer diehards is, well, you've got the MLS and you got friendlies and you can get into the Premier League. And that's great and all. But there's, I, I know I'm captain obviousing this a little bit. But Arnie's just a different level. It's something completely different with the World Cup that draws you in, and now you sit around and you wait four more years for guys like myself to probably give this the attention it deserves, right? And four years with in the next World Cup, it'd have to be eight years just to see the U.S. If they make that, well, they will. Eight, eight years. Is that incredible? Eight years to see the U.S.? That, that's nuts. Well, I, I think we'll qualify. I think we'll qualify in four years for – are we going with Qatar or Qatar? I mean, I, I've heard it pronounced like eight different ways. And, again, in four years it's going to be interesting because we will be playing in October and November in the World Cup in four years from now. So that will cut into a little bit of our American football. Yeah, that, will, yeah right? that's not good. That's not so good at all. I don't know if it's something that's going to affect it. But here, maybe this is and, – and I'm – not trying to sit here and belittle anything with the World Cup, but I look at it a lot from a non-soccer guy's perspective. Do I love it? Yes. Do I dig it? Absolutely. But I can't help watching it and try to find things that we can implement in other sports. Now, I, I'm not like goofy guys. Hey, no hands. You can't use hands in football. Good luck. No. My point is, Arnie, was there anything that stood out to you? In watching the World Cup where you thought, all right, maybe we can learn how to handle, oh, I don't know, let me throw one out there that stood out to me. Replay a little differently. Because I don't know if it's just the nature of the sport, but it really appeared as if watching this, as many things as FIFA is just awful and atrocious at, they really seem to handle replay without any noticeable or bothersome delays. And it appeared as if they just had a more streamlined system than, say, leagues like the NFL, college football, baseball, even the NBA, that have done replay for years. And this was really, I think, the first World Cup when replay was instituted. So am I reaching too much to think that's something we can learn for other sports or yeah, not? Yeah, you, you are reaching too much. But I'll tell you what we could learn. You know what they should do is wide receivers should do what the players do when they get the, you know, with the, with the, when they get knocked to the ground and they roll over like a thousand times. That's what the <laughs> wide receivers should do to try to draw the penalty. Just roll over, just pretend like you're in pain, grab your ankles, ah, ah, you know, just constantly scream in pain like that. That, that <laughs> seems to work on the soccer field, so why not here? So, in other words, work on the acting side. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 
do a better job of getting your flag. Right, now, again. Can you see Tom Brady doing that, getting hit late, like rolling backwards 50 <laughs> yards or something like that? <laughs> There's always a good viral video that comes out from someone that barely gets pushed and falls yeah. back to try yeah. to draw a flag. But anyway, well, I don't know how much we can get into it. Congratulations to France. It was an awesome tournament. Now we'll see if the U.S. can get back on track and qualify in four years. And then it's going to be maddening in eight years from now to see what it's like whenever it's held in the United States. Now, Arnie, this week I was in St. Louis. My family is from St. Louis. They are lifelong season ticket holders. Is it your birthday? No, it's my birthday's in April. No, no, no. Nothing cool like that. No, I just, you know, you got to take the grandkids to see the family. And I miss the Lou. You know, that's my hometown. So it was a little bit. That's right, the Lou. It was a little bit surprising to see Mike Matheny get axed. Not because of anything he did, but to see the Cardinals, a franchise that's been pretty mired in consistency with managers, make that decision to fire him. You were on the air last night when this went down, whenever Matheny, they sent out the old press, the old-fashioned headline press release. So knowing, again, we're, we're getting into two topics that but we normally talk about But it is something that he did, though, Chris. It is something that he did. Well, he didn't win. I mean, he still has a winning record. No, the, but, besides that, though, it was whole, his whole attitude of, of, of what was going on in the clubhouse. It was, it was his whole mindset of, of how to run a team. And, you know, both of them were pretty much wrong on, on, on both accounts. Well, again, I think when you have a World Series championship, I mean, isn't that what we had everyone tell us? Last, well, you get titles. You pretty much, he has a title. So, I mean, you would think in a lot of ways there would be more leeway. But I, I, I'm with you. I'm not trying to say he didn't pave the way for his own exit, Arnie. I'm not trying to say he's not responsible. Right. And I think a lot of fans in St. Louis would agree. His decision-making is atrocious, and he is probably a guy that wrote his players too much. But the Cardinals as an organization have o- only cut bait a couple of times on managers midseason. And I saw this tweet last night, which absolutely positively blew my mind. With the firing of, I almost said Joe Girardi, that's who everyone thinks they're going to hire. With the firing of Matheny, the Cardinals have only had four managers since 1980. Whitey, uh, Whitey Herzog, Joe Torre, Tony La Russa, and Mike Matheny. And Matheny's had the best win percentage out of all of them. Yes, and he's the first manager to be fired with a winning record since, what, uh, 2008, I believe it was, when Ned Yost was fired. So... Uh, the DeWitt-owned Cardinals have only had two managers. I mean, that's incredible if you think about it in an inconsistent business. They're almost like the Steelers in the way that they approach it. But damn, Arnie, he opened up a lot of different conversation topics, not just from how you feel as a Cardinal fan or even a baseball fan about the job he did, but about how outspoken you can be or how outspoken you should be as a manager whenever you feel like, that message isn't being received, and I mean, in his opinion, it's not his fault. It's because players are soft, right? Or, or yeah, or allowing one player on the team to bully around a, another player on the team and right. ride him and ride him and ride him and not do anything about it. And with that said, it's going to be very interesting to see if that, now they're saying the Cardinals are saying that they're going to allow their interim manager Mike Schilt to finish the rest of the season, which is really, if I was calling a Cardinals game, that would be a scary name for me to consistently say over and over and over again. Mike Schilt, the interim manager. But now you hear names like Joe Girardi and Stubby Clapp and, and Stubby Clapp's their AAA manager that could potentially take over. But I want to go back to what he said, Arnie. Yeah. It cost him his job, but is it wrong to basically 
have that kind of mindset? Is it wrong to question that maybe your message isn't getting across because you think players are soft? Is it a, is it wrong to even come out and say, hey, yeah, some messages have to be shared publicly? Here was the on the state of baseball. I said, quote, I think the game has gotten progressively softer. Man, it had some teeth not that long ago. Whenever he was asking about Jordan Hicks getting bullied by Bud Norris, he said, I get regular updates, but, uh, but that's good. I invite him into that. We need leadership with each subculture on the team, including the bullpen. I mean, he's basically saying, yeah, we want our guys to get bullied. I know you don't feel anyone should get bullied, but Arnie, is he in the wrong for questioning the game, the softness of the players, and is that inevitably what led to his exit? It is. You know, I brought this up locally here. Uh, out here in the Northeast, you know, John Farrell had back-to-back AL East uh, division titles, and he beat out the New York Yankees, yet they, they fired him. They let him go, and they say, well, you know, our goal here is to win a World Series. They let him go right. because he wasn't a player's manager, so they brought in Cora, who's more a player-friendly. And and that's what you've got to be. You've got to change your ways. So when Matheny and, – and by the way, that's a barbaric way of thinking, allowing a bullying to go on in 2018. That, that That's about – you know, that, that's ridiculous. So for him not even have that type of mindset, I'm surprised he kept his job that long to begin with. And think about this, Jordan Hicks, for those that haven't been following baseball, and I know you you put us in that category as well too, but Arnie, Jordan Hicks was a guy that had never played double-A or triple-A ball. He went straight to the show from A-ball out of training camp. So that's a guy that needs a little bit more time. But the Cardinals have made a move. It's one of the biggest stories in sports. We'll talk about it as we hit the all-star break in Major League Baseball. And we start back up with baseball, what, again, on Friday for most? Only one game on Thursday? This thing gets longer and longer every year. Hey, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, today is a significant date in a sport being ruined, Arnie. We'll explain next with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. On this date in sports history, some think a sport was ruined. We'll talk about it in a moment with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, hit us up on Twitter. Arnie is at Genius one S-T-I-N-K-I-N Genius, and the number one. I'm at Plank Show. At Plank Show. That's, I guess, easy enough to figure out. Do you get bummed out this time of year when we don't have any sports now, Plank? Is it just like, oh, man, this kills me? You got Summer League. We got, exactly. The Lakers are awesome in Summer League ball. So are the Portland Trailblazers, by the way. And so I like the Summer League. Um, I I actually dig NASCAR, so it's a time when I can get into it a little bit more. Arnie, we had a wrestling pay-per-view tonight. Oh, man. I'm a little bit different because I kind of dig this time. And, Here's the other part. I I love the speculation side of sports. So I mean, I get I get mad a lot of times at sports radio, but I love the speculation side of this, the predictions, the hope for teams that are usually bad. Hey, I'm a Raiders fan, man. I got so the I Raiders got all... in last place. I was just about to say that. Of course you do. But this yeah. is a great time of hope. <laughs> it's a great time of hope. Uh, the pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day. When you use your Lowe's business credit account, that's 5% on all purchases in-store or online subject to credit approval, U.S. only. I, can I throw one more quick thing out here about the, yeah. the Cardinals? And I, Just because I was in St. Louis, I saw a lot of that frustration. Arnie, I grew up in St. Louis. Somehow I grew up a Dodger fan. I, I don't know how that worked. You know, everyone gets mad. They want to call you bandwagon. Well, if I I'm on a bandwagon since four, and I'm in my 40s now, then great. I've spent 39 years on a bandwagon. But there is a certain – and I, I got a lot, most of my friends are Cardinals fans. 
But there's this certain arrogance that comes with Cardinal fans that's a little bit different with most teams. And, yeah, every fan base has it, right? Arnie, where's the arrogance level with Patriots fans? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. Right it, it, it's, it's through the roof. It, it makes me want to vomit. There's an, there's an arrogance with uh, old Yankee fan, right? There's an arrogance with any single fan base out there that's had success. But there's and again, I love you, Cardinal fans. My, I'm 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 basically oh, stop it. Here, my family. This my family, out. Arnie. There's an arrogance at a different level whenever you have a mindset of the Cardinal way of doing things, and it just it turned me off so much. And whenever they have success, it's this other level about how teams can't attain it. And then whenever something good happens for a team that maybe hasn't had, oh, well, you just didn't do it the Cardinal way, and that's the right way. So I don't, there, there was a part of it in kind of the grandstanding from the Cardinals that got a little bit to me. I'm not saying Matheny didn't get deserve to be fired. And maybe, Arnie, it's more of me being a Midwestern guy. Well, you're not an old school guy, are you, Chris? You're not like, you're not a Matheny way. You got to... That that's not your way, is it? No, 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 no. I'm very much a soft uh, snowflake anymore, right? I mean, I'm kind of like you can't you can't hurt anybody's feelings. There's certain parts of it that I did. Well, though, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just wondering me because because I, I, where were you on Bryce Harper for not running out and and jogging down the first baseline? I couldn't care less. Wow. <laughs> well, first of all, it was. Uh, it was Bryce Harper, and I'm going to say everything nice so he can decide to sign with the Dodgers this offseason. I think it's, <laughs> Bryce Harper can do what he wants to do. No, no, no. I, in all seriousness, I do have problems with that, and maybe that's just bitterness in me sounding like sports radio guy. It's like, oh, if I had the opportunity, I'd hustle out everything. But, I mean, I, I kind of understand. You, you, it's not like you only play 10 games a year. It, I, I bring it up, too, for another reason, and I thought this was interesting. Bernie Miklas is the longtime columnist right. in St. Louis. Bernie is who I grew up reading, and he tweeted this as the firing was going down yesterday. He wrote, the lethargic and messy baseball aside and crumbling player relationships, I can share this. Management was not happy with Matheny's quotes in the athletic piece. That's what you have referred to a right. lot, Arnie, about the Bud Norris situation. As I wrote... Friday, management was uncomfortable with Matheny's expressed zeal for old-school tough guy stuff and referring to today's game as soft. They felt that whenever he gets on a soapbox with old-school preaching, that's a huge turnoff to young players. It's reinforced the team's reputation is uptight, stressed, humorless, and not a fun place to play. So, Wow. That's not a, those are a lot of adjectives that aren't necessarily reassuring, I think, for any clubhouse. So there you go. Mike Matheny is out. As so we're, are we supposed manager. to let people jog down the first baseline and and it's no big deal? Everybody, you know, get video games back in the locker room and stuff like that. Is that where we're headed? I don't, probably at some point. Uh, yeah. At some point when they jog off the field, you're going to pat them on the back and say, good job. Where, where, where's where did athletes though? turn so soft? Seriously, when did they become so sensitive? You know, and you know better than anybody, but you see Kevin Durant, my good, I'm afraid to say anything. He may call up into the show, but and when, when did they become so sensitive all of a sudden? Um, I don't know. Social I, media, I, probably. I, I think it goes back to social media more than anything because – you know, you think about it, media was always, we were always that line between the athlete and the fans, right? right. We, we were always that connection. And we would hopefully, if we were good at our jobs, ask the question fans wanted answered. And then we would be the guys that maybe would have, well, not maybe, would have much more of that interaction with them. Now anymore, you got a Twitter account. You can tweet at Kevin Durant, tell him he saw. Call him a snake. 
if you're an Oklahoma City fan for the 8,000th time. And I think that kind of showed that, hey, they're, I'm not defending the Marnie when I say this, but they're real people too, you know, and they have these feelings to where even if it is a dude with just eight followers who's a, a, got an egg avatar or the shadow background, it still angers you to no end about it. So I, I'm, I'm not defending it. But where's that yeah, line? Are. Yeah, that's exactly where's what the, you were doing. Yeah, where's but. that line? No, no, I'm not defending it. Well, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth because <laughs> you're all you're all mad about him uh, bullying Bud Bud Norris, bullying the Jordan Hicks pitcher. Right. You're like, oh, how dare he not run down the first? Right. Base you know line, what? And right? I and I said this yesterday. I am a hypocrite on that. Maybe I don't have to have the same opinion on you know and on and, and everything. I don't have to fall straight in line. But I, I don't have to be look hardcore old old guy. But I mean, come on now, give a little bit of hustle. I mean, you want forty million dollars a year next year? At least give me a little bit of hustle for forty mil for for four year. Uh, you know, uh, uh, one hundred sixty mil. Give me a little bit more than that. Hey, your value is what someone wants to pay you, Arnie. So it's just it's a fine line, though. I think that's the point we're trying to make here tonight, right? It's that fine line between old school and wanting to see someone, as you say, hustle it out, work their backside off, feel like they earned it, to, oh, we babied this guy, we made sure no one said anything mean to him because it's in the CBA now that you you got to have a very cohesive clubhouse and there is no – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pledges have it in fraternity. Oh, hazing. Hazing of rookies anymore in baseball. So it's like that fine line that we walk between what's truly old school and helps makes the game better or a player better and then what's basically being soft, right? Isn't that kind of where we are right now? Or am yeah, I And I always notice the people that haze the most are the ones that hated getting hazing, uh, getting hazed when, the, when they had to go through it and cried about it the most. So I, I always notice that, especially in my fraternity. Hey, you know what? That is exactly what fraternity life was like. <laughs> and I use that in the past, was like, hey, I've got to pay off this tea, so let's do it after Steve DeSager gets this update. There is a significant, I guess you could say, feeling around this date and something that took place on July 15th some eight years ago. We'll get to it coming up here in just a bit, but right now Steve DeSager is in the house because – Baseball's officially at its all-star break. What's it going is. On, all-star break now. All-star game Tuesday night on Fox TV. It's due to rain Tuesday, but maybe not at night. World Cup is finally over, and you guys were right. It was a very entertaining past month of the tournament. And now we look forward to four years from now when, you're right, it's not going to be in the summer because the stinking tournament's going to be in the Middle East because of the FIFA corruption and the buying vote stories and all of that. Remember, it was Qatar that beat out the United States to host the next Men's World Cup. It'll start Thanksgiving week 2022. It'll be a November to December. So it not just goes up against football here. All the famous soccer leagues in Europe will have to stop for about a month or more. Just stop. And, in fact, the FIFA head this past week said, they're aware of our schedule. Like, you know that they're going to have to budge. We're not budging. We're FIFA. you got to do what we say. So the World Cup final is going to be a week before Christmas in 2022. Oh, oh my <laughs> can goodness. Could you imagine? Could, well, could you imagine if any of the professional sports did something once every four years? If we had, like, a Super Bowl once every four years? Yeah. Or if the NFL just played once every four years, you'd lose your mind. But, uh, Plank, I, you would know what to do with yourself. By the way, they do have no the idea. Euro tournament every four years. Uh, you European Championship. That's, I guess, the next huge thing on the horizon in a couple of years, 2020. And since there are so many European teams that usually make the final four of the World Cup, this is like a mini World Cup that they have every four years. I have read that Euro 2020 
is going to have Wembley Stadium with the semis and finals, but it's not going to be the host country, England, since it's 60th birthday of the European Championships. They're going to have 12 cities in 12 European countries host games from the 12th of June to 12th of July. 2020 2020 2022 so plank can't go eight weeks he's gonna barely <laughs> he's gonna have a heart attack in the next eight weeks just to get to the nfl season you know the next world cup 2022 that we mentioned it is called a world cup for the reason it is because there are 211 soccer countries all playing three years worth of playoff games to get to year four the actual world cup tournament now in our region teams like the u.s and mexico usually get the first year or two off but there are games with like puerto rico against el salvador and barbados against whoever there are three years of playoff games to get to the tournament that we just saw in the last month and it was a good one france wins the world cup final 4-2 over croatia france was ranked seventh in the world coming into the tourney and then went six and oh with one tie France is the country that's going to be hosting the Women's World Cup next summer, also on Fox TV. Novak, oh, I can't wait. Novak, I can't wait. Novak Djokovic took the Wimbledon final, his fourth career title there. Yes, MLB's on all-star break. Today, Colorado won its fifth straight. Cubs won again. Dodgers and Oakland got wins. Cleveland beat the Yankees 5-2, while Boston won its game 5-2 over Toronto. And the Milwaukee Brewers, talk about limping to the finish line, happy to have a break. They got swept in a five-game series at Pittsburgh, gagging a 10th-inning lead today, giving up a two-run double in the rain. Josh Bell, the Pirates' hero, 7-6 the final. Milwaukee has lost six in a row, and the Brewers will be hosting the Dodgers to start the second half of the season next weekend. By the way, Golf's British Open is this week. Back to you. Well, that wraps, that wraps up today's show. Thank you, the Sager. It took up the hour and a half. Uh, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 <laughs> minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. This is Man, why people are, don't like me, Plag, I you think. Are on, well, yeah. this this dude does. Uh, Jay Robert on Twitter says, tell your partner that you might be talking out of both sides of your mouth, but he's talking out of his backside. Wow. I guess that's fair I didn't enough. see that one, yeah. Uh, NFL's worst to first scenario, the Masters says, how about Arnie's Chicago Bears? We'll get – quit quit ruining segments, uh, Master. We'll get to it coming up here in just a bit. My goodness, this is a well-planned show here. And uh, UCLA Dodger Frank says, Arnie, things that happen every four years, Olympics, leap years, World Cups – and Arnie goes above 500 on his entertainment purposes picks. I, I'm not seeing it. I got to go reset my Twitter. I'm not seeing any of this stuff. You're getting all the good ones. I don't know. All I see is the one that, got, that said he played Steve Kerr one-on-one or something, blah, blah. <laughs> Wrote me a book or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you can hit us up on Twitter throughout the show. at Stinking Genius 1 and that Plank Show. Uh, all right. Here's what I've been wanting to get to. I, I'm failing radio here for about a segment and a half. Arnie, on this day... July 15th, 2010, the NBA was ruined. I'm not a big this day in sports history guy, but today is significant. Because on this day, Joe Lacob bought the Golden State Warriors. And thus, <laughs> the NBA has been ruined. Here's, here's what I didn't realize, and it's kind of crazy to think about it. They won three titles in the last four years. Yeah. We, drew, uh, we use that D word, dynasty, to talk about the Golden State Warriors, right? But in their first four seasons – with Lacob as their owner, they missed the playoffs twice, and they only won one playoff series. That was a first-round series. And then they were a six-seed. Then all of a sudden, heading into the, what, 2014-15 season, they were picked about, I think, seventh in the West. Right. And they end up as the one seed, and they haven't looked back since. So today, 
was the day in sports history when Joe Laker bought the Warriors and ruined the NBA for everyone else, Arnie. What did ruined uh, did, the league? Did the what the uh, Curry Sarcasm. and and uh, and Clay and everybody just didn't mesh or something? What was the problem there? Well, uh, because uh, what's his face has been in the league a long time. I mean, really, they've he's been in like eight years now, Steph. Yes, well, Steph was the rookie of the year. Uh, his, I think, either first or second year. Yeah, his first year that he owned the team. But also, you know, you got to remember that Golden State Warriors roster in 2010 wasn't necessarily a thing of beauty. I mean, you had uh, Jeremy Lin was on their roster in 2010. Yeah, you had Ekpe Udo, you know, the standout from Michigan and Baylor. They, it wasn't as if they dove into anything that was spectacular, but they did make that commitment to Steph Curry, and thus. The rest is history. My so. Lakers need just one more. Just one more for my Lakers there, Chris. Who are you thinking when you say one more? Who I, are still you think it, I still think it's going to be Kawhi. You know, I heard the rumors Toronto. I'm like, come on. Tomorrow, uh, you're going to send DeRozan out there after you just signed to this deal? And oh really, is that God. the best you're going to send out there? You might as well get him to Los Angeles and, and, and you know, take what you can and move on mm. and get as many picks as you can, take a couple of players and, and, and move on from that because you're not winning a championship anyway. Arnie. Ar- Arnie. Yes, yes. Please. Stop calling them your Lakers. You're like Bobo is losing his mind. I, I, I can't, dude. I'm the I, one I that got LeBron. Can't. You know, they give Magic credit for bringing in LeBron. Oh, I'm God. the one that brought in LeBron. Nobody gives me a, no. I've been telling you that for about a year <laughs> now. I came here because Cleveland was that much closer to Vermont. So he didn't want to be close to yeah. you at all. He was so too he close moved to, to the me. other damn coast to get away from you. Please stop you saying that to your Lakers. I, I, I don't funny. know if it's true or not, but it's true right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, here is one note on yeah. Kawhi that becomes breaking, if you will, tonight. He is now, as we push past midnight on the East Coast, he is now eligible for the Supermax. He can now receive, this is the third anniversary of his contract that he signed on July 16th of 2015. So he is eligible to receive a five-year, $221 million extension from the wow. Spurs crazy right if he's traded the most he could receive in an extension would be about 108 million over four years you can't do a sign and trade uh you know honestly i'm gonna plead ignorance on that i doubt it uh leonard would be eligible to sign a five-year 190 million dollar contract as a free agent with the team acquiring him or Four years, $141 million with a team that has cap space, which, again, we all know there is no such thing as a salary cap in the NBA. It's a made-up thing. They throw out big words to try to confuse us. Now, keep in mind, Arnie, there's a lot of people that think the problem started with Kawhi Leonard whenever the Spurs basically made it known that they wouldn't give him a super max. You know, I, I you just gave the real reason player. why he's going to end up in Los Angeles. What did you say the Spurs could give him the max deal, the super max deal? Five years, two hundred and twenty-one mil. So he's he's going to pass on what, like thirty, forty million, uh, yep. to end up in Los Angeles anyway. So I mean, that that's not messing around. That's not chump change. Uh, you know, that that shows that he's not playing games and wants to really be in L.A. I've got to be honest though, I've never been more confused by a situation than following the Kawhi Leonard saga. And I, maybe I'm overanalyzing this because, as we like to say, there's not a ton going on right now, and we're looking ahead to the NFL, and we're thinking about college football, and with a story like this, you know, it's it's 8,000 different angles on it, but Arnie, 
does he want to go to L.A.? Is it the Clippers? Is it really the Lakers? Is he intrigued by sticking around and just trying to make the Spurs mad? Does he want to play in Philadelphia? I mean, I honestly, I have no idea what's going on in this whole saga because every single insider seems to have a different angle on this with exactly what's truly his intentions and what the plan is. I'm perplexed, man. I have no idea what's going on. Really? I, I, I couldn't imagine. I, I, I think it's kind of clear. I think he's made himself kind of clear, has he not? Uh, even though he hasn't spoken, I think you've heard the stuff that's come out of his camp. He wants to play for the Lakers. Th- th- nobody wants to play for the Clippers. Nobody thinks about, oh, I want to come to Los Angeles and, and play for the Clippers. We know he went to San Diego State. We know, what is he, from Palmdale or something? I mean, come on now, Chris. He, he wants to be a Laker, just like LeBron wanted to be a Laker. Doesn't take a genius to figure this stuff out. Then why, then why do we keep getting these mixed messages? I mean, you hear I, – I want to – trust me, I want to believe that, Arnie. But I think the Lakers are playing this pretty smart, to be honest with you. I and, think the Lakers are pulling back. Now, in San Antonio, the Lakers are like, hey, you don't you want too much? You're asking for the world? You want us to throw in the Shaq uh, statue? Forget about it. Hey, hey, we'll just wait till we can get him in a year from now. Yeah. Hey, know it all. Where, where is Kawhi Leonard from? Los Angeles. Well, San, Diego, San Diego State. I thought he was from Palmdale or something. He's like from L.A. Guy. He's from Moreno Valley. Um, all right, well, close enough. No, that's not close at all. <laughs> Palmdale, Moreno Valley are not close. Close enough. Dude, gee, just that's Paul George, man. Yeah, Paul George was Palmdale. Canyon right, Springs was his high school. Also played at Martin Luther that's King not, as that's well. That's not too. close. That's, that's not. Five but hours. Here's the question. That, <laughs> five hours is close, I guess, in L.A., right? Um, but, but I'll add this. I, m- maybe I'm overanalyzing this. Maybe, Arnie, we should just simplify this. What's the only thing we feel like we've truly heard from people around him, right? He wants to play for the Lakers. All this other stuff seems to be noise from the outside, right? Hey, maybe it's the Clippers. Maybe it's the Sixers. Maybe the Raptors want to do that. It appears as if the end game here is L.A., and everyone freaks out because of Paul George. And they think, well, you better go get him because he can go somewhere else and get really happy really quick, right? He could get real happy real quick. But, you know, somebody like Kim, you could tell he's not messing around. And what has happened with him in San Antonio, and I'm sympathetic to San Antonio because this guy set out everything but nine games. And, and by the way, there's no, there's no proof that he's going to come back to San Antonio. He may sit out again if they don't trade him. That's why it's best to just say, you know what, enough is enough. Raise your hand. Stop being stubborn about him and get him over to the Lakers. So, yeah, I, I, I can't believe that they're you know going to drag their feet on this one. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, we'll have the Sager hang out with us, talk a little bit more about one of the great debates in the NFL this season that has nothing to do with an active player. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Hit us up on Twitter. Keep them coming at Fox Sports Radio, of course, is the best way to get in touch with Arnie and I. You can go with our solo acts at Stinking Genius One. That's Arnie. I'm at Plank Show. Uh, Steve DeSager is in the house. By the way, guys, do we want to dip our toe into the T.O. not showing up at the Hall of Fame pool, or do we save that until maybe next week or as we get closer to the Hall of Fame ceremony? Uh, Well, just my thing is I think he'll end up regretting it in about five or ten years from now, and I'm kind of upset that the Hall of Fame would stoop to his level and, you know, leave him out of a few things. But overall, not that big. Look, it's his choice. Let him do whatever he wants. But he's certainly deserving of it. And I can see why he's a little upset, but you got to get over it. That's correct. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And I hope five years from now he regrets it. Because wow. that, would, that would show growth. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Wow, look at you. 
Steve DeSager Look coming with a straight fire. If I, I can like uh, update as far as the baseball all-star game Tuesday, I mentioned chance of rain this week in D.C. Yeah. Actually, Monday it's 95 degrees is the high. So it'll still be warm by the time we get to the home run derby Monday night with Washington's own Bryce Harper. He's matched up against Atlanta's Freddie Freeman, who's one of the National League starters for the Tuesday game. Atlanta also has Nick Marcakis starting in the outfield Tuesday. The Tuesday forecast in D.C., Daytime, 80% chance of thunderstorms, but they're due to scatter by about 8 p.m. Eastern time. In other words, by first pitch Tuesday night, and then it'll be clear late night on Tuesday. You know, you can have a shortened game if... You know, if it like starts late, some people say, "Oh, we'll just play seven innings or something mm. like that." Uh, you know, it is an exhibition. Yeah. You remember when the Wrigley Field got lights and they hosted an All Star game, and there was a long rain delay, uh, you know, like two or three hours type, and they eventually played the whole thing. And this was even before the silliness of the oh, the, now this one counts. But in now, the late sixties, right. the, the the game had to be uh, was rained out. They had to play it the next afternoon. Wow, really? Yeah. Now it's my turn. Well, they got to enough say, well, time. Yeah, I'll be now. What up, be now, huh? Yeah. I got to bring up something that I brought up on the show a few weeks ago that I have the piece of paper from Vegas. These are the odds to win this summer's World Cup, but it's the odds from the Golden Nugget like year, year and a half ago. Yeah. The top three favorites were Germany, Argentina, and Brazil. I'm sure they took plenty of bets on those teams that didn't even sniff the final. And then it was France and Spain at eight to one. You would have gotten eight to one on wow. France to win it all. Italy was listed as ten to one. They didn't wind up even making the World Cup this year. Oh, wow. Netherlands right. was twenty to one. USA was forty to one. Then Croatia was fifty to one Woo. to win the World Cup. They wow. almost did it. Croatia was ranked 20th in the world coming into this tournament. They had been 6-0 and in the tournament. In today's game against France, Croatia had 61% of the possession. They outshot France 15-8 to and still lost the game. First half, France only had one shot and was ahead at halftime 2-1 to because yeah. of an own goal and a penalty kick. Are you aware that France ranked in the top 10? They went 6-0 and with a tie in this tournament. But their last tune-up game was a one-to-one tie in France against the USA. Get out of here. Go figure. And it was a U.S. team without many veterans on it that traveled over there. And it was a 1-1 final. And then France winds up winning the World Cup. The U.S., of course, is going to host the World Cup in 2026. It could be New Jersey hosting the final, the Jets' giant stadium. That stadium will be hosting a U.S.-Brazil exhibition this year, September, on FS1, U.S. against Brazil from New Jersey. And then eventually... That's going to be sold out, right, isn't it, or not? You would think so, absolutely. They picked New York area, of course, because it's good for soccer attendance as well, and it was when the U.S. hosted the World Cup in, uh, in 1994. By the time we get to the 2026 tournament, there'll be less danger of the U.S. missing it, not only because... They're probably going to let us in as a co-host, but they're expanding the tournament to 48 teams instead of 32 eight years from now. So it'll be a little easier to get in. It'll be like the NCAA tournament. Get up to yes, it's, essentially get it's like a playing games, a playing group or something like that. FIFA is giving the French Federation for soccer, because they won the World Cup, $38 million. The runner-up, Croatia, its federation gets $28 million. Wow. One of the stars of the French team, the 19-year-old Mbappe, has told the French news outlet Keep that he's going to donate all his earnings from this past month's World Cup tournament to a charity that he's been involved with that gives free sports instruction nice. to hospitalized and disabled kids. And this is a guy who makes about $20,000 a game and might be getting, according to Sports Illustrated, a bonus of $350,000 because wow. of this championship. 
Sweet. Not that's too good. shabby yeah. at all. Thanks to Sager. Mm-hmm. And we'll wait maybe, maybe by the time we get out of here, but probably more into the early morning hours with Clay Travis and uh, maybe a Big Ben Maller to see what the TV numbers overnight look like because I'm sure they'll have a fantastic number despite the U.S. nor Mexico being in it. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, NFL Talk. Let's do it. Final hour. We're talking some NFL with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Hit us up on Twitter. Good tweets coming in. We'll read Ian already said, show. did you say NFL talk all is right in the world? We are on the cusp of talking NFL every single week here on Fox Sports but Radio. But it is Why, July Arnie? 15th. I mean, we are jumping the gun a little bit, are we not? Well, we okay. We have eight shows, including tonight. So, And we're already almost done with this show. So we technically have seven after tonight until we have a full Sunday of NFL action to get to. So we've got to make the most of these shows. There's eight divisions in the NFL. So I thought, hey, let's get after them one by one and kind of throw a few picks. Not to ruin the pick segment, which is what everyone came for right. here tonight, Arnie, to wrap up the show. And, but maybe dive in a little bit as to what we think. And what about the, the worst to first? You said 26 teams oh. have gone from worst to first since 2001. we got to do that a little bit. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it all as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports That's Radio better. Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, you like the worst to first more than breaking yeah. down divisions, don't you? Yeah, absolutely I do. But Because then you take a look at all of them and you look at the bad teams was all my teams are bad anyway. So it's only time I get to really talk about them. Well, let's get after it with the NFC East to kick off our number two, Arnie, where your beloved worst to first stat has been relevant and prevalent for the better part of the last five to six years. As a matter of fact, Philly in 17, Dallas in 16, Washington in 15, Philadelphia in 13, and Washington in 2012 all went from worst the previous season to first the next season. And, hell, Philadelphia went on to win the Super Bowl. So you want to start there with Philadelphia and breaking down the Eagles a little bit? Uh, 13-3 last year. Uh, Nick Foles leads them to the Super Bowl. But, Arnie, Carson Wentz will be back in time for week one, we think. We think, right? We think. Yeah, does that healing, does that comeback affect your thought on this team at all when you look ahead to the season? You know, I, I want to say, well, you know, would Carson Wentz have taken him all the way to the Super Bowl and right. won it and all that? Of course he would have. I mean, he, he was having a phenomenal year, um, but Nick Foles obviously got the chance to come in and lead him the rest of the way. I think Wentz will come in as long as he's 100% healthy and ready to go. I see no reason why he won't be able to take over uh, where he left off last year. Why, you think it's going to be different, Chris, or what? No, 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 not at all. I think he's going to be a stud. I, I think... If I want to look at this from my my Michael Harmon fantasy perspective, I think if you're a fantasy football guru, you jump all over Carson Wentz. But with that said, Colin Coward brought this up, I think it was a couple weeks ago when he was giving his picks on the NFC East, and it's something that really stayed with me. You know, they don't have their offensive coordinator. Frank Reich left to take the job with the Indianapolis right. Colts. We've seen what happens when you lose your OC. Look at how Washington kind of stumbled back a few steps when Sean McVay left. We could find examples all over the NFL. And during the break, I was reading some of Peter King's column, and Nick Foles brought up just how much of an impact Frank Reich had made on him. I'm not going to read the whole quote, but he said, I was watching film, something stood out to me, and I talked about it with Coach, 
Uh, basically, it was a joy to behold, he said. The seeds of a new beginning begin to take root, and I rediscovered who I truly was as a quarterback, Arnie. That was basically Nick Foles talking about his interaction with Frank Reich, who is now gone. You don't give all the credit to an OC, but I think it's going to make a difference. Here's the other thing with Philadelphia. Right. Somehow this team got it done when they were beat up last year. Starting quarterback gone. Arnie, their starting left tackle was gone in October. Their starting linebacker got hurt. Well, that's because the division was just horrendous because we knew the Giants were dead last and nothing was going to change that. We uh, saw that the uh, the Cowboys were drudging on through, especially because of the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott. And they went through injuries also. The Redskins were the Redskins. So it was a poor division last year even though we all thought it might be one of the best heading right, into the right. season. Uh, they, they'll be without their starting linebacker, My, uh, Nigel Bradhands, because he's suspended for a game. They added Michael Bennett in the offseason. They brought in Mike Wallace to kind of help that receiving core right. a little bit. And I was a, a little bit taken aback. And, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't care too much about strength of schedule conversations because I think that's kind of irrelevant. But, man, they've got a very interesting first eight weeks of the season to where – I don't think they're challenged all that much. Sure, they open with Atlanta, but that's the ring ceremony. That's the the trophy uh, banner unveiling. Then they go to Tampa with Indy at home. They go to Tennessee, who, all right, we'll see how Mike Vrabel does in year two. Minnesota's breaking in a new quarterback. They got to go to New York. They get Carolina and Jacksonville. Some winnable games there. You know, maybe at worst six and two through their first eight games of the season. So they got a good chance, I think, at least to get off to a good start. Arnie, overall, I think a, a pretty good shot to re- return as the champions of the NFC East. And, and, and you're probably right about that. I, and I'll go through maybe some long shots otherwise. But, I mean, Carson Wentz, so we'll give him a chance to get re, you know, reacclimated. I'm not so sure that the offensive coordinator is going to make such of a, uh, you, you know, a difference like you're making it out to be, Chris. I, I think that's taken away from Carson Wentz, to be honest with you, especially because he was having an MVP-type year. So, and, the, and the pickup of Wallace, as you mentioned, another good pickup. And he'll be with the number two wide receiver, so that that's always going to help. I, I think they're going to be fine and probably end up winning the division. Ten and six in 2014, back to back seven and nine years, and then exploding to 13 and three last season for the Eagles, which gets us to Dallas. Arnie lived in Dallas for a long time, so he knows the Cowboys in and out. I was there. I was there uh, three years, long as 21 years of my life. Ezekiel Elliott now with no looming suspension, no issues beyond, you know, hopefully staying healthy. I don't know. Maybe I'm making excuses, Arnie. I look at Dallas last year, and I think a lot of their problems may have stemmed from the distractions that were caused by fighting this. And then week in and week out, it's a question that's asked. I'm, I, I, I'm not here to make excuses for the Cowboys, but do we give them maybe a little bit of an uptick because – they don't have to worry about that. That's not a topic of conversation. He served his, he paid his penance. He served his due, and now he's going to be back the whole season. What? So we're not, we're not supposed to say anything about losing Jason Witten. We're not supposed to say anything about the uh, letting Des Bryant go. So some people actually think that's a plus. I'm not so sure that was in the best interest of the Cowboys. That was more of a money thing. If if he was making less money, you know, uh, and equated to like Isaiah Thomas in in uh, in the NBA where he's making a one year two million dollar deal, if Des was going to accept a lot less money to begin with, he'd still be on the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm not so sure that's in the best interest. And now I'm going to finally see if Dak Prescott. Scott is as good as all we made him out to be after the first couple of years. Let's see how he uh, bounces back after last year, especially as you mentioned with Ezekiel Elliott. We'll see how good Prescott leads his team this year. Yeah, is he ready for that next step? The question I have, 
is trying to gauge just how talent-laden this offense truly is because we're constantly told how awesome the offensive line is, but yet— A lot of injuries last year on that offensive line. They gave up, what, eight sacks to the Falcons. We constantly hear about the need for playmakers. So who do they who do they go get? They go get a couple of guys that really, I mean, hadn't necessarily been known for getting it done at the NFL level. Sure, Tavon Austin had one heck of a game against Oklahoma when he played at West Virginia. But for the most part yeah. in the NFL, he's been a disappointment. And Alan Hearns, a guy that I like, I like that they, that they went and got him. But Arnie, he's he's not a guy that I look at and say, all right, he's coming in to change their whole mindset as a receiver. So, I, I mean, do they have the playmakers? And you mentioned, no one's talking about Jason Witten retiring, are they, when they talk about this team? Nobody brings it up. So now you're looking at a team that got rid of arguably its best receiver, and you replace him with Alan Hearns. And and Tavon Austin. Yeah, right. I get it that, that Cole Beasley is there. Yes, I know you have a guy like Terrence Williams who has shown potential, but I don't know if the playmakers are there for Knowing that you need playmakers in this division in the NFC, Arnie, I don't know if they're there. Well, that, well that, that's why Philadelphia's already won that division, and it's wide open from there on out. Um, I don't think that – I mean, it could be Dallas. That's why I'm thinking my Giants are going to jump up and maybe capture that second spot. But but overall, there's so many question marks, and and, all, and and the offensive line, okay, it's going to be healthy, but the loss of Witten is going to be a lot more than people are thinking. I know he was getting toward the end of his career, but there's no guy better when you're picking up that third and seven than going all steady, and he picks it up, and next thing you know, he the drive keeps on going. There's so much for that, and he's going to be missed on that one. I think Dak Prescott's definitely going to miss him. By the way, I will add this about Dallas. I do like their defensive makeup. If Sean Lee can stay healthy, they're going to be without Has David Has he stayed Irving. healthy? Yeah, but he hasn't. He hasn't yeah. stayed healthy. I know they've got the suspension looming with Irving, and, and that's going to be an issue. And they went out and they got Jihad Ward, who was just awful in Oakland and hoping to resurrect his career. But you know, they got, they, they've got some work to do in the secondary. We'll see if they can get it done. To my question about whether or not, Arnie, Top to bottom, they're good. Pro Football Focus ranked them as the eighth most talented roster in the NFL. What? So take that for what it's worth. Wow. Which gets us to the Washington Redskins. And the big question for Daniel Snyder's crew, who after back-to-back winning seasons plummeted to 7-9 and nine last year, is Alex Smith an upgrade over Kirk Cousins, in your opinion? Oh, Yes. Oh, hell yes. I Matter of fact, you know, you're wondering, oh, how is he going to do out there? New team, new quarterback. Uh, he's got something to prove. I think Alex Smith is such an upgrade. I wasn't a Cousins fan. I hated his attitude. Look, I'll give him credit for what he was done leading them to the playoff one time. They just missed out one another time on that one. But I think Alex Smith is exactly what they needed. I think, I think he needed to go to the Redskins, and the Redskins needed him. I think it's a perfect marriage. Yeah, and you know what? The team struggled, I think. This might be viewed by some as excuse-making. I just think it's fact. The Cowboys struggled with all the narrative around Ezekiel Elliott. I think the Redskins struggled with all of the unknown around Kirk Cousins because you would have the debate about, well, they haven't given him a long-term contract. And when things would go right, people are saying, oh, you got to pay him. When things would go wrong, oh, you got to let him go. There was a lot of unrest among Washington fans, and I think that carried over a bit to their locker room. And I, I'm not an excuse maker for Washington, Arnie, just because they have a lot of Sooners on their rosters. Right. But, man, they were beat up on the offensive line. Last year, in weeks one through eight, they were eighth 
in the NFL in yards before contact for their running backs. In their final nine weeks of the season, they were dead last. Wow. So again, I'm not. They've got big time playmaker. Or they have big time talent. They got Josh Norman, Trent Williams, Ryan Kerrigan, guys that are big time talent. I don't know if they have big time playmakers. We'll see if Darius Geis can be that next step for them in 2018. Which gets us to your New York Giants. The boys in blue, new coach, new left tackle, tough first eight weeks of their schedule. Arnie, they don't lack playmakers with OBJ, with Shep, with Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley in the mix. They've got playmakers all over the defensive side of the football with Vernon and Collins and Jenkins. They still have Eli, though. Is that a good or a bad thing? No, that, that's going to be a good thing. He'll bounce back because, first of all, the, the one person you did mention, Nate Solder, uh, over on left tackle, he's going to go and protect Eli, and, and that's something that Eli needed. Matter of fact, that's something that the running game is going to need. And as you mentioned, they have the playmakers. And how, how's Barkley going to do? He's going to be phenomenal, which will open up the passing game for them. Their defense was always good, so I think they'll uh, benefit by obviously having a better offense to keep them off the field. I like my Giants. If anybody was going to go to, if we were going to say worst to first, I may go with my Giants, but I, I think a second-place finish here is definitely within the realm of possibility. And could put them in the playoffs as well, too. Low-key oh, you better get, believe it. I like for the Giants, Jonathan Stewart, who is just going to add a little bit of experience, I think, to that running back room. Well, when we come uh, back, what? I'm giving your guy, Jonathan Stewart's a good uh, veteran. They're counting on him for leadership on this uh, team. I mean, yeah, try to give your Just give the ball to Barkley and get out of his way, it. please. Thank you. Uh, Low-key good get, Jonathan Stewart. Don't listen to Arnie. When we wow. come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, who are we actually taking in this division? And as Arnie brought up, is this the division where a team goes from worst to first again? We'll break it down next with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Since the year 2001, this has happened 26 times. We'll talk about it next here on Fox Sports Radio with Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. We're brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Arnie, so we went through every team, a couple of bullet points in the NFC East. You sticking with Philadelphia? To win the division, how do you think this plays out? Yeah, I'm sticking with Philadelphia, number one. The Giants will be two, but it's going to be tough. I'm even inclined to maybe even put Washington at number three, but I'm going to back off that, put the Cowboys in third, and I'll still have the Redskins in fourth place uh, coming up the uh, rear there. Now, what's interesting is this division has seen a lot of teams that make the jump from worst to first. In fact, it's been fairly consistent in the NFC East over the last four or five years. And, you know, I brought this stat up earlier. Arnie loves it. Since 2001, 26 teams have gone from worst to first in their division. And it's happened in the NFC East in 17, 16, 15, 13, and 12. But it's only happened with the New York Giants once, Arnie. And that was back in 2005. They tied for last during the 04 season and then went 11 and 5 in 2005. They went 3 and 13 last year. What leads you to believe that your New York Giants, your blue could be the team that ends up jumping from worst to first. I don't this know year. if they'd be my favorites to jump from worst to first. There's a couple of other teams I could come up with that, but I mean, it, it, that's a tough one because obviously I think Philadelphia is a class of the division. I think they'll be better than Dallas and Washington, so that's why I put them at number two. So it'd be it wouldn't be too much of a struggle to try to maybe uh, get two against Philadelphia and overtake that division. I think the Texans have a better chance. I also like Denver. 
Uh, and also San Francisco. I really love San Francisco this year. And I'm not sleeping on Tampa Bay. There's about four teams, I think, that could go from worst to first. But San Francisco would probably be my number one team to go from uh, first, uh, worst to first. You basically, there's eight divisions. You've picked half the teams that finished in last place well, to I, go from I, worst I, to I first. gave you a couple that I think could happen there. <laughs> I think all eight could logically happen. Oh, I didn't say Cleveland. Did I say Cleveland? I jumped over them. You jumped over the Cleveland Browns. Let, let me let's go a little bit more in depth, real quick, and and just push through the Giants here a bit before we go crazy All picking right. everyone. The Giants, look, I, I I think they could maybe make a run at the division with Philadelphia because they're the second best in that division. Plus the offense they've got, they added the left tackle and Nate Solder, who's going to protect Eli Manning, and their defense is always good. Carson Wentz coming back from a major injury, so that's the the reason why I think that maybe they could maybe surpass Philadelphia. From number two to number one. Other than that, though, Philadelphia is still the class of the division. But did you find it surprising that during this week, a man who has every right and every reason to maybe take a few shots at the Giants, maybe undercut them a little bit. Yeah, McAdoo. In, in fired head coach Ben McAdoo came out in support of the Giants saying this, and I quote, I think they're going to win the division. Yeah. I think Philly, how much success has Philly had? I think they're going to have a hard time handling success. Dallas, I like their offensive line, but how long have we been saying that? Which was kind of the point I brought up earlier. Their defense, they got a bunch of young guys playing DB. Sean Lee is banged up a lot. And their D-line, they got a bunch of guys getting in trouble all the time. And Washington is Washington, right? So not really pulling What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, just I guess it's uh, that's the way to break it down, longer. Coach. This is coming from a guy that benched Eli Manning and and and, and finished three and thirteen. That's what coaches do. They get fired and say, "Oh, I think I left them in great shape. They should win the division." Uh, this is such a bunch of baloney. I mean, I wish he would be honest. Why don't he just say, "I wish somebody would have fired back at him and go, then why the hell were they three and thirteen under you? And why did you bench Eli, you knucklehead?" Uh, he only it, it ended up he ended up benching Eli for what one game, and they they lost to the Raiders because so of I the backlash. I don't have a problem with him benching Eli at all because it led to a W for the Raiders, and that's what's most important. Right, in all of, of course, yes. What I like Nate Solder a lot, Nate Solder, but this is a dude that's been inconsistent at times. And what's been a trademark of the Giants' offensive line with Flowers and his development? It's been inconsistent. They had New House; it never worked out. Went to the Raiders. Now he's somewhere else. I don't know, Arnie. I like the move, but that's a pretty price to play. They're showing a lot of belief in him, aren't they? Well, that's why they were able to get him. The Patriots weren't going to match that. Belichick's like, forget about it. I'm not going to give him that type of money. Belichick's not giving anybody that type of money. So uh, he'll just say, we'll just go ahead and make the best we can. And, uh, you know, the, just on a little side note, the moves that Belichick have made have not been Tom friendly, uh, Tom Brady friendly, to be honest with you. I mean, you lose Soldier. Uh, you, now that Edelman's gone for four games, so you, you got to worry about that. Brandon Cooks is gone. Uh, they lose a, 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 a running back, that, that, and there was rumors about him trying to trade Gronk. Not all friendly for Tom Brady up there in New England. Yeah, and by the way, the candidate for worst to first in the AFC East is the, the Jets, which we'll get to here in just a bit. Yeah. But let me put a twisty tie on this with talking about the Giants. If you look at what helped change the path for the Cowboys and maybe even arguably the Jaguars, it was what? Getting a running back that right. was a difference getting the running maker. game. And we, how much had we demeaned running, drafting a running back in the first round? And then lo and behold, the Cowboys go get Elliott and the Jaguars go get Fournette, and it changes their offense altogether. I think Barkley can do that for the New York Giants, Arnie. I, everyone always worries about health with any running back anymore, but 
Now, I think with what Pat Shermer has been able to do offensively over his last couple of stops and learning from the mistakes he made as a head coach the first time around, I think the dude's the breakout player of the year in the NFL as a rookie. Wow. No, I'm a, I'm a Saquon Barkley fan, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be as big a fan as uh, Odell Beckham will of his because that's going to open <laughs> up the passing game for, for him. And remember, he obviously of his injuries, I think it's going to be a complete turnaround for the Giants. That's why I said there's a chance they could jump up and get Philadelphia, but Philadelphia, again, still the class of the division. Any concerns over Jason Pierre-Paul going somewhere else after – that uh, just awful year they had trying to get after the quarterback, just 27 sacks last season. You know, isn't that – did you see the public service announcement on the 4th of July about oh that gosh. real quick? Yeah, yeah, no, no, we can't talk about that. I can't because uh, suddenly I'll start pulling up pictures of it and then I'll get no, sick and I, you'll have to finish the I show by yourself. I was critical of him, though, of that, to be honest with you. Good, you should have been. That was awful. Well, no, the, I the only reason I was, I was critical, I go, oh, you're going to – you know, and, and anytime you do something for public service, I'm okay with that, but I go – but you didn't want to show the hand to the Giants when it came back and, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, can I play? Am I getting a new contract? Then you didn't want to show the hand. Now you're going to show it, but you didn't, you didn't want to show the hand back then. You know what I'm saying? One quick take off Twitter on the Giants to put a, a wrap on this. Ernie hits us up and says, Arnie, if Nate Solder had anything left, the Patriots would have kept him. He's old and past his prime, but that's an upgrade for your G-men. Whoa. It is. It is an upgrade. They, and they paid him a little too much money, but you have to overpay for a left tackle, especially that when that was one of your deficiencies. And by the way, it wasn't a good market for offensive linemen, so they really didn't have much of a choice. There's two teams that we've already elevated to championship status based on a very small sample size from their quarterbacks. We'll touch on one of them here because we got to get DeSager in for the update. But, Arnie, you really like the possibility of Houston getting Deshaun Watson back oh, yeah. after his injury last year, going from worst to first in the AFC South. I why you 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 doubting that? You sound like you're you're you sound like I'm crazy or something that I bring that up. No, no, no. I, I don't necessarily know how difficult that division still is, even though we all are gaga over the Jacksonville Jaguars. But look, I mean the dude played like six games, and we have him in the Hall of Fame right now. I think defenses are going to adjust. I think he's very good, but he's got to stay on the field. And I think if he stays on the field for 16 weeks, oh, by week 17. But if he stays on the field for 16 weeks, they're going to be really good. And listen, you don't get bad defensively when you add names like Tyron Matthew and Aaron Colvin to your secondary. You're going to get better. So, yeah, oh, I think they're a hell of a chance uh, of a pick to go from worst to first. Absolutely. And, and that division, I mean, it's already the Colts are already in last place. Go ahead, pen that in there. Andrew Luck, though, Andrew Luck will be lucky to play eight games. That is perhaps uh, the worst division. I mean, whenever there's a game on, if it involves anybody in the AFC South, I don't even want to watch it. It disgusts me. So, like you said, Jacksonville, okay, great year last year. But who were they really fighting? A lousy Colts team. Texans lost their quarterback. Titans were okay. Um, this year, with the, with the Texans and Deshaun Watson getting him back, I don't think anybody's really going to forget about the Colts and the Titans. It's going to be between the Texans and Jacksonville for that top spot. Yeah, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, the other coronation is the NFC West. We're talking teams with a chance to go from worst to first in the NFL. We'll go more in-depth next. But first, into the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios comes Steve DeSager. And we're at the All-Star break in baseball, mm -hmm. plus a World Cup in France yet again. Great tournament, great final. It is over, and stunning that Croatian was even in the final, a first for them. They'd been 6-0 and in this tournament, quite a run for a place population 4 million 
In other words, about the population of the city limits of Los Angeles. Jeez. Croatia didn't even become a country until the 1990s. And here they are, World Cup final in Russia today. France did beat them 4-2. to two. Croatia still has never beaten France. 0-4 with two ties, starting with their 1998 World Cup semifinal matchup when France beat them in Paris. Today, Kylian Mbappe scored in the 65th minute for France. He's only 19 years old. So he wasn't even born when France won it all in 1998. Wow. France is in a pretty exclusive club now. Only five other countries have won the World Cup more than once, led by Brazil, which has won it five times. The country of France, coincidentally, will be the host of the Women's World Cup next summer, also on Fox TV. The defending champion U.S. women are ranked number one. France is number three. The U.S. women start playing again at the end of this month on FS1. Novak Djokovic took the Wimbledon final in straight sets over Kevin Anderson, the guy who'd played two long fifth sets in his previous two rounds. For Djokovic... His... Wimbledon's still going on. Huh? No, wow. it's not still that? going on. It's well, not. I didn't, it's I didn't done. They, it's I, finally... thought, I, I didn't know they still do that every year. <laughs> yes, every yes. year. Yeah, wow. not, not that... was, they should do that once every four years. How about that? <laughs> not that England was yeah. paying as much attention, granted, with the World Cup going on the last couple of weeks. For Djokovic, his fourth career title there, 13th major and this time around he was seated 12th because he'd missed much of the past year after elbow surgery now coming up golf's british open which is not in england but in scotland this week starts late wednesday night our time ricky fowler at the scottish open tied for sixth place this weekend falling to six shots back today who won the celebrity golf tournament in lake tahoe Tony, Tony Romo. Tony Romo went up to oh, first place today. buddy Tony Romo. He beat out former pitcher Mark Mulder, who had won the last three. Ray Allen moved up to a tie for third place by the end. Ex-quarterback Trent Dilfer tied for fifth. John Smoltz finished 10th. And down at the bottom, near the bottom, Al Michaels moved up to 88th place today out of 92 golfers. I thought golfers. Al could play. I'm, I'm shocked about that. Al is a country club member that says I nothing of shocked. his golf. Uh, Charles Barkley, yes, finished last again. Have you mentioned the Lakers enough? No, no, not enough. LeBron James in attendance. Watching I saw the, the shorts. They look good on him. <laughs> yeah, Lakers, Lakers shorts, shorts on yeah. in the first row. Defending Summer League champs, now 5-0, and moving on to the semifinals against Cleveland, no less, this week. Wow. Major League Brace, uh, Baseball All-Star break, All-Star game, Fox TV, Tuesday night from D.C., and then the games resume with one Thursday, and the rest of the teams resume on Friday. They need a break, yes. <laughs> Long break is what they need, Arnie, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, Blunt Eagle, I got to make sure I'm clear here. I, my point was that with JPP gone, how does that defense now add more sacks to it? So if I didn't make that clear, Jason Pierre-Paul no longer a giant. Arnie took me in another direction with the July 4th pictures, and I guess somehow that got lost in translation. So I don't know how someone's name, Blunt Eagle, could get confused by anything that was thrown out there, but my bad, bro. My bad. Now, with that said, Arnie, do you know what Deshaun Watson's record was as a starter? What was it? Three and three. Uh Uh-oh. Three and three. What was the one with the loss was to to the Patriots, was it not? uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. As a matter of – but that was – that was also a game when he threw for 301 yards. Yes. <laughs> so yes. that was one of those games where I guess it wasn't his fault. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he went 3-3. Three and three. And, again, I'm, I know quarterback wins for some of y'all is the worst stat in the world to bring up. But we really are pushing this guy to a level to where, I don't know, I, 
maybe it's bitterness because the Raiders aren't getting that love, but I want to see it. I want to see it more consistently the, from him. The last time we pushed a quarterback up to that big level and he turned out to be a bust, I, I think it was Derek Carr. Derek Carr's got a new coach, Arnie. I know you don't wow. think coaching matters, but uh, look out, NFL. Derek wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about – is that Derek Carr who was on his way to winning the MVP before he got hurt before the playoffs? That would be that Derek Carr. Okay. Now, I, who, was that the same Derek Carr that was 6-10 and 10 last year? Do you want to talk worse to first? Or do you no, I'm sorry, my bad. Raider fans at, the rest of the way. This is going to be a long <laughs> football season if you're going to be like this, my friend. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. It's, I've done this with you for several years yeah. now. This is nothing new. <laughs> I tune you out and I move on. That's kind of what I do whenever all – because here's the thing. Is Last what year realized. was long, though. I've, I've realized – well, you're not a real fan. You just, oh, wow. all, you just latch on to whoever's winning and you say, that's my team. You oh. don't care if they win or lose. Now, Take with that, that said, back. I'm sure you're going to call them your 49ers because I would argue that outside of Derek Carr – We've elevated Jimmy Garoppolo to a level of almost untouchable right now when it comes to teams going from oh, worse to just, first. Okay, just, okay, so we don't get a bunch of Twitter people calling us and tweeting, tweeting us. Just to make this clear to you, I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr 100 out of 100 times. Am I making myself clear on that? Is that, is that clear enough, uh, Chris? I, are, we, are we clear on that part? I, it's not even part of the conversation. I mean... Well, yeah, well, because you say point? we elevated Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he deserves to be elevated after what he did last year. Okay, how many games? Oh, really? You the, got the, 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 even if, so, even though it was a small sample so size, that's all I need to see, huh? Love at first sight. If you never had love at first sight, how long did you have to look at your wife before you said, "Yeah, she's the one for me"? Be careful, she's listening tonight. I'm on my second marriage, Arnie. <laughs> so I've gone through a couple here. Um, I, again, your comparisons to Derek Carr are fine. It's irrelevant to our conversation. But if you're going to tell me that you would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr or any other quarterback in the NFL, great, good, because that's what the Niners decided to do. And yes, they did. Bill Belichick handed him to him. So, great, good. Brady Quinn, whenever we were in studio, yeah. said that Jimmy Garoppolo to him, and I, I hope he m- doesn't mind me saying this, it's like God put his hand down and created the perfect quarterback, <laughs> and that's what you have in Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yeah, good get for the Niners, but they still finished in last oh, place. This just in, San Francisco just clinched the division. So so you're putting them as a slam dunk from worst to first. Uh, on my way to Vegas, I may put some dinero on that one. Yeah, but I'll put that as a slam dunk. If there's one team I'm picking, my number one pick from worst to first, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, you saw what the Rams brought in defensively, in, in, in Dominican Sue and bringing in Aqib Tlaib, moving on from Alec Ogletree, going younger at middle linebacker. That doesn't bother you at all. You it say does, yes. All no, the time. And I know everybody's on the Rams bandwagon, but again, in my theory here, Seattle and Arizona, they don't scare me. Even though they both had good years last year, uh, they're on the decline. San Francisco's on its way up, and I know the Rams, uh, look, how much better are they going to get from 11-5? and five? You think all those ads are going to be a 12-4 and four team, a 13-3 and three team? Are they going to be the best team in the NFC, is that what you're telling me? Hey, man, you put Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald together in the middle. What's the key to any? Yeah, how did good that defense? work out for the Dolphins with him, with Sue? Well, he didn't have Aaron Donald next to him, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. What year did the uh, Lions Sue. win the? What year did the Lions win the Super Bowl? 
don't let your bitterness for wow. Indominus Sue not working out in Miami <laughs> affect what he could potentially do. With Biggest the waste of money ever. With, with the coordinator who gets it. You've got Wade Phillips coordinating that defense. So, I, again, I think, I think the Rams are going to be a tough out. But if I'm picking any of the eight teams that finished last last year yeah. to go from worst to first, it's hard to ignore those whole five games that Jimmy Garoppolo started at quarterback that elevated them to this elite status. you got to love it. you got to love it from that perspective. Now, do we have time for one more team here real quick to bring up in the worst to first conversation? All right. Yeah. You want to go with the Bears, the Bucks, the Browns, the Jets, or potentially the, the Broncos? I think the Jets, and I'll give you a reason why there. Ooh. Look, when you look at the – I saw the uh, rankings on uh, – what was it, Espen, that they said they ranked, what, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, pretty much offensive weapons without quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Uh, the uh, Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets were three of the four worst, all right? The division is the worst division. I, I said the South, the AFC South. The AFC East has been like the worst division for the most part, like for the last 20 years, ever since Tom Brady got into the league. We said, make the AFC East the worst so Tom Brady could look like the best thing ever. That That's what happened there. So the Jets, look, with them moving up at the quarterback and Sam Darnold, and the Bills, such a question mark, even though they finally made the playoffs. And there's no trust in Miami, Miami Dolphins, even though they get their quarterback back. I think the Jets might be a, a decent team to go from worst to first, but considering the Patriots are going to lose Edelman for the first four games. So you realize what you just said was make the AFC East the worst division in the NFL so Tom Brady can look good. That's that's the mountain that you're standing on right now with that well, division. You don't think Tom Brady's benefited from playing in the worst division in sports? I think the Patriots being in the division has made it incredibly tough. Just, and the other three teams. The uh, Bills hadn't made the playoffs in 16 years. What's wrong with you, Chris? Yeah, but uh, that the Jets had. Uh, oh, big deal! Like the Jets have, have been ever there? been? Like the, okay, the Jets had their little bit of run with the with, with a couple of uh, going to AFC Championship games, and the <laughs> Dolphins have been zeros for the longest. I mean, since Dan Marino, it seems like the Dolphins went to the playoffs the year before last oh, year. Oh, but playoffs! But the, I mean, come on now, they've been an embarrassment. <sighs> this this is that argument that we have every year that makes my head explode. But I'll say this much. I love what the Jets have done this offseason in continuing to get their defense better. They got what we think is a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. I don't know in that division if you can push him from worst to first, but Arnie, I think they're going to be better. I think they were pretty good last year. What did we say? And I know we're doing a break, Bubba, yeah. but what did we say most of last year? Oh, the Jets, they might not win a game going right. into this year. They're going to be awful. And then the next thing you know, they're out winning games. I mean, those 5-11 and 11 is nothing to get too crazy about, but they hit their over on the Vegas win total, and they were in quite a few games last year. So I think they're going to be a mark, a markedly improved team in 2018. I really do. I yeah, really do. I, and remember now, I, I look, I don't think the Patriots are going to be as dominant as ever as like they've been the last couple of years. Uh, you know, when there's a little bit of question mark at the top, uh, especially when you lost your wide receiver, is Gronk going to be healthy for 16 games? I'll tell you the answer is no. You lost, <laughs> you lost your left tackle. Um, no, I think there's a lot of questions about the New England Patriots. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, we wrap things up. What am I going to pick? With the oh, you've got the All Star Game. You got the home run. Yes, derby, I got Arnie. those two. Yes, I got those two there. So we'll get into that next with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. There's a better way to buy home insurance with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer tool. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. 
See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. Great job by the crew tonight. Bobo on the wheels of steel. Steve DeSager on updates. I haven't even talked to Eric Roberts. Is he here today? Newly engaged, Eric Roberts. Get out of here. Yeah, congratulations, Eric. Awesome. Thanks, Plank. Well, I mean, you, you, wow, you just what about me? What about Arnie, me? You didn't say anything. He said. Obviously, you your fiance has glaucoma, so she can't see you. <laughs> I say, by the way, I know we say this every week. I have a face for radio, as my mom would say. I still think the funniest thing about this show is the fact that Arnie introduced himself to Eric the first time that he met him in person. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why that cracks me up, but it's I just I met so him Arnie. as an intern. I met him as an editor, and then I met him again as his producer. And he, hold uh, on. Hey, man, how's it going? What's your name? <laughs> I'm Eric. You talk to me every Sunday night. This is why people don't year. like me. Yeah, exactly. uh, uh, hey, a reminder, this show never stops. Uh, search iTunes and the however you consume podcasts for Fox Sports Weekends. You can find the show. Go through our NFC East breakdown if you would like. And uh, also Arnie's picks from worst to first. But we always wrap up the show before we get to Twitter to head out the door with Arnie's picks. So, Arnie Spanier, good luck with this oh. bevy of action we have this week. Take it away. Oh, man, we have to search long and hard. Thank goodness we have the All-Star Game on Tuesday because the American <laughs> League will win the All-Star Game for no particular reason, Chris, because, you know, because I root for the National League all the time and I always end up being disappointed. But the American League with a better roster anyway. So we'll go with the American League. And then, of course, with the home run contest. And I was actually looking at the breakdown and the matchup and who's going up against two. And I'm like, who? What? This? Just give me Bryce Harper, really. I mean, <laughs> does anybody he's going to do it for the hometown fans? So Bryce Harper will win the uh, home run contest. My L.A. Lakers champions of the LA of the uh, summer league, so I'm looking for them to go ahead. All right, I'm about to turn your mic off. Well, no, come on, it's just the summer league. No, summer no. league, summer and, league. And did I already say that by the time we'll get on next Sunday, Kawhi will be a LA Laker? Did I do that last week? Hey, if you shoot a gun in the air, eventually you'll hit a duck. So by the I time we you, you get on next week, go. Kawhi will be an LA Laker. So there you got my picks. Do with them as you please, but remember they're strictly for entertainment purposes only. <sighs> Well, they don't have to be for entertainment purposes. Nah, but it's just you keep yourself safe there. Okay, a couple of tweets before we head out the door. We're getting a lot today. Yeah, I haven't done a good job no, with him. No, bad because, job by uh, you. Yeah. We, we, did some, we did some radio dude stuff, you know, breaking things down as we like to do in this Shame business on called us. radio. Uh, Ernie writes, not only have the Lions never been to a Super Bowl, They've won only one playoff game since Arnie was in high school back in 1957. <laughs> yeah, how did that work for, uh, for Sue then, huh, being on the Lions? Uh, Lil Troller, or Lil Bro Troller, nice Twitter handle there. The entire town of San Francisco and 49er Nation just screamed in agony and are already on the phone canceling season tickets after Arnie said he loves them. Oh, you can't help it. You can't help it. With Why what they are have. you anti-Jimmy Garoppolo? That's what I don't understand after what he did. I, I just uh, don't I'm not anti-Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you I'm say, not yes, anti-Deshaun yes, sure, Watson. Yeah. It's just we have a small sample size and we lose our minds. He started five games. Deshaun Watson started seven. Barkley didn't start any games. Six. You'll love him. Who, Saquon Barkley? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I don't love them. It's just look at what Jimmy Garoppolo just got paid. After five starts, I mean, it's it's insane. I it think, is, but he's a quarterback. That's what you get when you're a quarterback. And that's what you're going to do. That's yeah. what we're going to do in this league. Uh, thank you, Arnie. You gave the kiss of death to the Eagles. You're just basically giving the kiss of death everywhere tonight. If I give the kiss of death to the Eagles, I'll take that. Uh, and then one more here from Jay who writes, Arnie, are you picking the Miami Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl this year? 
I, I don't think I could do that again, can I? I mean, I was I looked so stupid last year picking the Giants and the Dolphins. Uh, the boss almost fired me for doing that, so I don't know if I could do it again. Well, you you can feel a little bit better about the quarterback situation because you got Tannehill back and healthy, and I mean, you got a little bit more depth there. You feel a little bit better about maybe having Landry gone and Adam Gase getting some of his you're, guys. You're in mocking there, but... me now. You're mocking. You know what? I'm just, just for that. Help. I'm going to pick Oklahoma to win the whole thing. How about that? <laughs> well, hey, Big Twelve about, Media Day go. starts yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I had one more here that I wanted to add, yeah. and, and this is this is a really good. If we were a baseball show. If we were a baseball show, we could have spent two hours on this tonight. But this was from Mike, and he writes, I hear all the experts say that the MLB should get rid of the shift because it's ruining the game. I say get rid of about ten of these hideous teams that look worse than a single-A team. Start with the AL Central, then move to San Diego, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. By the way, Cincinnati's actually playing some pretty good ball. I didn't hear Baltimore in that group there. Put them in there. Oh, my gosh. I know. I remember a time when Baltimore was good at oh. baseball. I remember when you would go and you would fear playing the Baltimore Orioles. But, yeah, that's been that's been Ooh. about as big of a disaster in Baltimore as it's been in Kansas City. But it's all baseball for a couple of days. And, by the way, prepare yourself because nothing says Major League Baseball All-Star break like thousands of sports radio segments trying to fix baseball. Yeah. Welcome to Sports <laughs> Radio for the next week. Arnie, we'll see you next Sunday night. Later. Winner, it's a Laker, buddy. Have a great week, everybody. Big Ben is next on Fox. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.